Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning and welcome to Unfolded Hearts Talk, production of Unfolded Hearts Ministries, a nonprofit ministry of guidance, support, and hope designed for women with a focus on equipping, encouraging, and teaching. You can find us on the web at www.unfoldedhearts.org. Thank you for joining us this morning. And today we're going to be talking about Beyond Boundaries with John, uh, the, from the book from John Towson. He had the best-selling book, Boundaries, where he taught biblical guidelines for establishing healthy relationships. And in 2011, he wrote, now he has Beyond Boundaries, and it shows it shows us how to move past any relational pain um, from past experiences or current um, experiences um, so that we might have freedom and the love that God designed for us to have um, in our intimate relationships. So um, really, I had met actually John Towson, and I think it was 2011, at a conference through American Association of Christian Counselors, and he was doing one of the classes, the free teaching classes there, so I was able to meet him. And um, and naturally, he he wrote, well, the um, Boundaries book is both Townsend and uh, Henry Cloud wrote that together. And a lot of it is they learned through the experience of where God had them ministering um, with women. And then, again, the Beyond Boundaries came about in the same way where, um, where they were just being approached by saying, now what? Now what do we do after the boundaries? What is our next move? So um, he was faithful to go ahead and write that book. So um, I appreciate him doing that. So we're just going to cover some highlights in there that I have prepared for this morning. It certainly doesn't cover everything, but I would recommend that you um, get the book if it's something that you feel like you're ready for as well. Are you ready to move on or want to learn more? That would be great. So let's get started this morning. First, we thank you, Lord. We just connect this time to you, and we thank you for our hearts, um, and we give them unto you, Lord, solely unto you first, uh, that you would have first place in our lives, Lord. And we thank you, Father, today, Lord, and tuned in, Lord, that they would listen for you, um, and that you would you would speak, Father, as you do. Only you can do, Father, in Jesus' name. Well, um, as Dr. Townsend states a quote from his book um, of the Beyond Boundaries, that he wrote that because it's designed to teach us how to identify and grow from where we where uh, things went wrong in a relationship. And it helps us to determine if someone is worthy of your trust now and show you how to manage the process of opening up in a gradual and safe way. So that's basically everything that he covers in the book. He certainly addresses uh, different relationships, certainly intimate relationships, which is marriage and family, um, things in the workplace, and even in your own life. So um, and he has even specific chapters on just relationships and marriage um, in his book. And even... Um, you know, covering divorce or reconciling marriages as well. Those those things are covered in the book. And I just want to say, I do know that there may be uh, women listening this morning or on podcast or iTunes 
um, who have some serious challenges in their marriage. And while today's program may not supply an end-all to be-all, I do hope that as you listen, you're able to learn some insight that can help be applied to your current situation or perhaps validate concern in which needs further attention or aid by counsel. So I just want to say if there's anything in here, you're certainly welcome to contact us on, again, the website, unfoldedhearts.org. There is a contact form there if you have questions or if you need help either in finding um, a counselor in your area. You can also go to um, American Association of Christian Counselors, and it says they have a page, a whole page there that's listed. It says find a counselor in your area, and, um, and if you're in the Carolinas, Unfolded Hearts is listed on there as a board-certified biblical counselor, but they have a degree and a range of counselors that can meet your needs. Well, let's do a little bit of background first on boundaries itself, just briefly. Um, there's a quote by Henry Cloud. He said, um, what you will get in life has a direct correlation with what you're willing to say no to. So boundaries um, has a lot to do with um, defining and developing boundaries, which is somewhat if you think of it as your pretty line where your house is. Um, you know, you know when you mow your lawn or you need to take care of your house, if, if, the, if, the, if it needs painting or your fence is broken, um, you determine who's responsible for that through the property line. So uh, you don't blame your, <clears throat> excuse me, your neighbor if your fence needs to be, um, unless, of course, their child or their dog or something crossed, the, crossed your property line then you would know who is responsible for it. But if it's just normal wear and tear or perhaps neglect um, on, on our part, um, you know, just whether, um, whether beaten, I guess, or, uh, you know, paired or repainted or such, we know who's responsible for that so that we take care of it. And that is pretty much, um, if you want to boil down what a boundary is, um, that talks about, you know, where you start and the other person begins. And that's why when someone crosses over, we know who's responsible. And that person's responsible for their actions, behavior, and attitudes. And so some questions you can ask yourself in uh, defining a boundary would be, uh, which limit do you tend to overextend? Do you overextend your time, money, energy? your ability or giftedness, or perhaps in your emotions. And a, another question of you was, where are your limits too narrow? Where do you need to be? <clears throat> where are they, your limits too narrow, which maybe you don't give in these particular areas? <clears throat> Excuse me. Or maybe your boundaries too, uh, when we say narrow, could also represent um, rigid. Uh, another question, where do you need to be limiting other people's demands on you? We want the process of setting healthy boundaries. Uh, Unfolded Hearts um, Talk has a, um, you know, trust, obviously, as I've mentioned already three times in this broadcast, has a lot to do with it's a key factor in every relationship. 
and that's how relationships are built and sustained. And if you are hoping that I talk more on, um, I can tell you that there is a broadcast that we did um, less than a year ago, and it's titled Love and Trust, and it was um, brought to us by Ryan C. Bailey. And you can go to our broadcast page and look for that listing, and it will give further uh, relevance on, on specifically that topic itself. And if you think of um, in the book of Nehemiah where they were going to rebuild the walls and where the walls were broken down, it actually, uh, one concern that they had during that time was um, that it, it gave room for the enemy. It made them vulnerable to be overrun by the enemy. And the same is true for boundaries with us. Not that you're walling people off, but you want to see things correctly. Again, where you start and the other person begins. So if you feel like you're getting run over, um, by the enemy in some areas in your life, then I would encourage you um, to look up boundaries and perhaps the word about that. And also, Webster defines trust as a belief that someone or something is reliable, good, honest, and effective. And boundaries also talks about the laws of boundaries. Well, let's move on with today's broadcast. Okay, thank you, water. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about what you value transforms your desires. So we're talking about relationships here, the closest relationships, either um, in your in your marriage or remarriage or dating or or seeking a spouse. Um, or, you know, so if you if you value following God. You value vulnerable relationships and you value honest relationships. And that's going to draw other people to you as well. The things that you value will draw others to you. So in other words, be the kind of person you want to, to be attracted to. You will find that you are less and less drawn to people with difficult character issues and more desirous to find people who are full of grace, safety, acceptance, and hunger to grow. And then also there's a, uh, when we risk in love, there's freedom comes in that. And that is a gradual process as well. We want to be discerning and use sound judgment in that. So when we're risking, we want to use sound judgment in our risk, and it should be gradual. It shouldn't be just like, you know, you completely put everything out on your sleeve. Healthy connections always give the other person a choice. So love cannot exist without freedom. And no one can give himself to another in an authentic level if he doesn't have a choice. Right? So we don't want to have relationships that we're living out of fear, obligation, or pity. Because, um, I mean, I don't want to experience that, and maybe some of us have in the past um, or currently. But that's going to leave us feeling empty, and isolated because really there's no connection coming. So if you don't feel connected, there's really not a relationship of what you're valuing, what are they valuing. So it, it creates feelings of disconnect. Um, and you most likely will pull away. And sometimes we see that this can be in individual relationships or in large relationships. Um, you know, I mean, in group things um, where there might be legalism or, or religious um, Things. We can also see this in parenting. I don't know that that's um, 
something that he addresses in this book specifically, but we also can see that in um, parenting relationships. So love cannot be commanded or coerced. It can only be given. And Christ ultimately is our example in that really all things, <clears throat> both in his suffering to pay the price for us and in his glory. He really truly is one remarkable gentleman. Okay, so in this book, I'm actually going to read, we're going to talk about five things right now. And we're going to talk about uh, distinguishing between acceptable and unacceptable risk, hurt, the difference between hurt and harm, discerning the difference. Accessing the return of your relational investment, moving past generalization, and knowing when the other person's ready. And some of these aren't going to be as lengthy as the others, but to kick us off here, I do want to read this specifically. I'm going to go ahead and read an example from his page. Um, and then uh, some of the others I just have summed up. <clears throat> and it's distinguishing between acceptable and unacceptable risks. Uh, page 143. If you were run over, so to speak, by the freedom of someone you cared about, all of this talk about risk might be hard for you. You may be risk-inverse, and no one could blame you. It can be confusing at first, especially on the tail end of a bad relationship. I saw this in a man I worked with who came from a harsh and controlling family. Nick had very few choices as a boy and had adopted a compliant personality style to survive his childhood. He just towed the line to make it from day to day and never expressed his real thoughts and feelings. His compliance pattern worked for him, and he learned to channel his energies into being a busy. He worked greater and authoritarian structures where the boss was strict and rigid. But he felt dead inside, and he knew it was a problem. In our work together, Nick became aware of how much legitimate personal power and control he had never had, as often happens. When he got in touch with those feelings, he went through a season of becoming controlling himself, sort of turning the tables. Actually, it was a way for him to separate himself enough from the controlling dad in his mind to become more comfortable with his own power. But during this season, it was hard for him. He was hard to live with. When his wife disagreed with him about a financial decision he made, for example, this normal, easygoing guy said, if you loved me, you would support and trust me. In other words, he interpreted her freedom as a lack of love as something that was not good for him. But here's the reality, and this is in the book. <laughs> the problem is never the freedom. The problem is always the character of two people, yours and the other person you love. Do not make freedom the bad guy. Instead, you must celebrate it and protect it. Because without it, there is no love. But you get hurt either because the person was unloving, there was a miscommunication, or you allow something you shouldn't have. And because you wanted something that wasn't possible, or because you wanted something that wasn't possible. So that leads us to risk again. If risk is inevitable and even a good thing, you need to understand the difference between risks that are acceptable and not acceptable. And that leads us to move on to hurt and harm. Tell the difference when someone's hurt you or, when, or, or if it's been harmed. There's a large gap between discomfort and actual damage to emotional well-being. 
if relational, I'm sorry, I was going to read a little scenario. For example, suppose, and this is just a very, very light-hearted one. Suppose you lend a friend $20 because he's having a cash problem. This is a risk, but unless you are in the precarious financial situation yourself, it is not harmful risk. And suppose your friend just ignores his debt to you and out of his own self-absorption or general flakiness, it may annoy or hurt you, but it has not been harmed. However, if he fails to pay you back after you've given him your life savings because he doesn't want to get a job, then you have it harm. Okay, that's his example there. A relational um, issue, uh, okay, sorry, excuse me. And you aren't ready, okay, if you're, if you're feeling, um, you're not feeling, you can't feel, <laughs> actually, like, like you have anesthesia over your emotions as an issue for then you're not ready for a great deal of vulnerability. And you may take risks that can cause problems and never see them coming. So that's if you're not feeling things and you can't tell the difference because maybe you've been overrun <clears throat> and harm has come, um, taken place. So you need some, so you're not going to dive into a great deal of vulnerability is what he's saying. So pay attention to your emotions, especially the neg- negative ones. They exist to protect you and to serve um, as a signal to you of what's going on. So a measure of healthy relationships um, would be a past example. It may be that you're being treated well or poorly, but you are responsible to tell the difference. Okay, and I'm going to read one note here. It says, um, you need to feel good when you are loved and bad when you are mistreated. Then you are in touch with yourself and with reality, and you can make better decisions about your relationship. That's what you're after. So if you're stuck right there, then you need to work, you need to work, or if you feel stuck, you need to work on some of that before you move forward. Discerning the difference. While hurt is an experience of something painful, it may not be damaging, but harm is different. Harm creates significant problems in three primary areas of life. One, withdrawal from the other from other relationships. Fine. Three, diminish performance. So it's those three things you want to pay attention to, to know the difference between hurt and harm. You keep pushing through hurt as long as you are committed to the relationship. But pay attention to when things cross over to the line of harm. And you might even want, if that is the case, you might want to get a counselor involved, either, you know, a third party who um, can put things out for you, either personally for yourself or or for the relationship, or um, assess the return of your relational investment. Clear, clear about what you want in a relationship, what you are willing to invest, and how much, maybe too much, um, the better off you'll be. So you want to be able to distinguish those things. So you want to move past any generalizations, and sometimes we hear this in, uh, here's some examples. Um, Some women might say uh, single men are just self-absorbed. That's a generalization. Uh, maybe a gentleman would say divorced women are desperate. That is a generalization. Or women are all women, or you know, the majority of women are manipulative. That is a generalization. And what I learned about, and I feel there's some forgiveness there as well. And I would just say I would uh, look at what is pointing you to that generalization, what 
experience have you had in the past? That is, and I would ask, put that out and look for and ask, um, um, not ask for forgiveness, but seek to offer forgiveness um, in your time. Um, and then also, when we ask for forgiveness um, for a specific incident or we come before God, Lord, I want to forgive, you know, Mary for how she manipulated me in our, you know, five-year relationship. You know, I didn't see certain things. And then any judgment that you may have put on her, you know, like calling her whatever name it was and giving her a title, if you will, that would be a judgment or a label. Um, and ask the Lord to, to remove that and, and ask for forgiveness for the judgment. So offering forgiveness, applying forgiveness, if there's any judgment that was made, um, friction or the offense, then you want to rid yourself of that as well. It's just as powerful uh, before the cross, forgiveness and judgment. It's just as powerful to, um, to bring a release to you. And it actually almost clogs up our hose, if you will, like stepping on our own hose and our own lifeline when we have unforgiveness or any judgment. There's a great release. I'm just telling you, friend, if you take away anything from today, that would be your little gem. I would say that I've seen over and over and over again that brings great release in people's lives. Um, so we want to risk. Risk is unavoidable, but you can begin to distinguish between risks that hurt and risks that harm, even if you're even if your experience has been harmful, do what you need to do to get past generalizations. Amen. I would say that there are a lot of good people in the world to connect to and you can move beyond boundaries. So when do you know when the other person is ready? Well, if this is a, um, do they care? This is what you want to look for. Do they care about the impact they're making on you, good and bad? Okay. Do they care? Is that other person ready? This could be a reconciliation in marriage. Or when are they ready to move on? Maybe they went through a divorce themselves. You know, when is that other person ready? What are you looking for? Do they care about the impact that they're making on you? And are they connected to good people? So that you want to look for, do they share some of the same values? You know, do you like them? Are they likable persons? <laughs> do you see vulnerability in them? Do you see them relate outside of you? It's not exclusive and isolated relationship. You want to see how they relate to people outside of you. And do you see good fruit in them, right? Because scripture tells us you be known by your fruit. That's how you're going to be known, by your fruit. So what kind of weight are you leaving it to be fruitful? Um, and are you ready for a relationship or is the other person ready for a relationship? So one sign of character is that the person does what it takes to restore the relationship. So, again, this could be reconciliation in marriage, and is that person ready? Are they ready um, for you to risk? Are they ready, you know, um, for what was harmful to being restored? One sign of character is that the person does what it takes to restore the relationship. So that's what you're looking for. Are they doing what it takes to restore the relationship? Uh, Quotes. From Henry Cloud, just recently the other day, he tweeted, facing reality is usually not damaging experience, even though it can hurt forward, right? So you need to, when you need to clean a wound, it's for the betterment of the wound and for healing to come and for it to be complete. But it can bring some hurt initially, but facing it itself is not a damaging experience. 
Okay, after today's um, broadcast, you might want to just ask these sentences. Uh, I'll remember what from today's broadcast is teaching. A hope that I have taken after today. An area in my life where I need to set boundaries or move beyond or um, or limit boundaries in my life. And Proverbs 4.23 tells us, um, actually in 4.20 he says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight and keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart the wellspring of life. And that's what boundaries does and the word of God. If you've ever read anything from Cloud and Townsend and they all even say that the word of God, the word of God is their plumb line and they give scriptures all throughout using examples um, and building on the word of God and he certainly is and I've heard from their own his own mouth actually um, that he desires, God desires um his desires and how he teaches and is, and if he needs to change something or restructure it um, because God shows him differently, he will do so. So praise God for humble men um, to seek him and desire to teach and make him known. At Deuteronomy 4.29, we read over and over again that God asks us to seek him from our hearts to the deepest parts of us. And it says, but if you were there, you seek the Lord your God and you will find him for him with all, if you seek for him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. So it's interesting he's saying, well, here I am, and if you seek me, um, you're going to find me, but there's a part of it. So here I am, and you'll find me. It's almost like, you know, he completely sets us up for success. <laughs> but you have to seek for You have to do your part and um, seek for him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Soul, you know, and ask him if he'll reveal himself to you in a very real way. And even when you find healing, he, he wants to be there. He, he identifies with that. He is our high priest who sympathizes with everything that we've gone through. And sympathy is, you know, a little bit different than, ap- than empathy. Excuse me. Empathy and sympathy are very similar. But it's interesting he says sympathy because sympathy says, I've done that, I've done that, I've been through that before myself, so I can sympathize with you. It's been a loss of a child. I can sympathize with you. We lost our firstborn son. I, I know some of what that feels like. You know, it might not be an identical pattern to your loss, but I, I can identify with some very real areas of loss in that. And empathy would be, if you haven't lost a child, or a spouse or a loved one um, very close to you, you could only imagine what that feels like, that you have empathy, like your, your heart is for them, and, and you can feel that. But sympathy, because Christ says so, that he's been through that and he's experienced it. So he will, that's why he has the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us um, and experience, experience and comfort and God of all spirits. Because he's offered joining us today, pray, uh, that your heart would mend and find what it's needed through the balm of God and through others uh, that God might place in your life. And we, I just ask, um, again, thank you for joining us today, whether you've listened live or on demand or iTunes. 
We appreciate you tuning in. Next month on May 15th, we're going to have a guest, Lori Stanley Rawls. She wrote the book um, Running from the Crazy Man. So I look forward to listening to that. You can find her on the homepage and set a reminder to listen to that program. And I ask that this program today uh, that you send it to a friend for thoughtful encouragement. And we thank you that it would be twofold, that your friend would be encouraged, and so would we. And we just um, pray God's richest blessings on your body, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' name, thank you.